8 a.m. and a beautiful 54 degrees in New Orleans. You're listening to Lo-Fi Poli Sci. Oh yeah, it's your Monday morning edition of the Lo-Fi Poli Sci Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Pickering, here to talk about our famous question. What's going on in the world today? And we'll get you that weekend cinema box office report and your five-day weather forecast for the week in just a minute. But for now, straight to it, the news, fresh off that press. And we start with updates in Sudan, where, sadly, things seem not to be getting any better. Toward the end of last year, mass protests brought about a military coup, the second one within two years. Then mass protests brought about the reinstatement of the prime minister. And then the prime minister just resigned. And mass protests are going on again. And the military is severely repressing the people. And the United Nations has tried to arrange a meeting between the people and the military. But the people seem to want the military to just step down immediately and have a quick transition back to a civilian-led government. It's been almost two and a half months since the military took over on October 25th. Two and a half months. And if past coups and civil unrest are ways of telling us anything about how this will play out, We'd expect that the longer the unrest continues, the more severe the repression of the people will be. But on the flip side of it, if the people don't demonstrate, then the military will simply stay in power unchallenged. This is a rough situation, people. Keep your eyes on Sudan. Now let's update things on Kazakhstan, as we talked about last week how protest, violence, civil unrest was all getting really intense. Well things have started to quiet down in comparison to what they were. But only because about 2,500 Russian troops entered the country, and along with the Kazakh military and police, over 6,000 people have been arrested. And a lot of people have lost their lives in Kazakhstan this weekend. You know us here at Lofi Polisai, we refuse to give body counts, because we believe even one life lost is too much. And you can easily find the numbers for yourself, though, if you're really interested in it. But in contrast to the civil unrest in Sudan, here in Kazakhstan, foreign military forces have entered the country to repress the people. And because that military is Russian, no one is going to do anything to stop this. Remember, Russia is one of the veto-slash-permanent members of the United Nations Security Council. But that doesn't mean other countries aren't asking questions, because they most certainly are. So keep your eyes open on Kazakhstan too, people. Now let's switch gears and chill for a second. Let's breathe. So much seriousness going on in the world today. Let's take a break and see what happened at the movies this weekend. That's right, it's time for your weekend box office report. And coming in at number five is an American underdog with $2.2 million dollars at the box office this weekend. Number four, The King's Man, with $3.2 million. Number three, The 355, with $4.8 million. Number two, Sing, taking in another $11.9 million. Look at that. That was Sing 2. And number one, still, Spider-Man No Way Home, gaining another $33 million at the box office, taking its global total to $1.5 billion. Sheesh. People just can't get enough of that Spider-Man fellow, I suppose. And did you go out to the movies this weekend? What'd you go see? Or are you still sitting back and waiting for that right time to go back to cinemas? 
you know, write in. I'm curious. Are some of you maybe just done with cinemas and streaming is what it's all about? I'm curious. Write on in. Now let's get back to the grind. That is that lo-fi global news. And let's head on over to Sri Lanka, where apparently Sri Lanka wants to restructure their debt payments to China. And you may be asking, well, why does Sri Lanka owe money to China? Well, we've talked about China's One Belt and Road Initiative before, right? You know, China rebuilding old trade routes, but modernizing them, spanning much of the globe, trade routes by land, air, and sea. Well, China loaned Sri Lanka money to build an airport, a seaport, and lots of roads as part of that One Belt and Road Initiative. Hence, Sri Lanka owes a lot of money to China for that. The thing is, not all of this trade route infrastructure is up and running. And aside from that, there is an elongated global economic recession that has meant trade is down for everyone, but especially Sri Lanka. So if the One Belt and Road Initiative is to help create efficiency of trade so more money can be made, but the infrastructure isn't finished, and trade is down anyway, and a global economic recession... Well, you can see it all adds up to a really dire economic situation in Sri Lanka. So, they are asking China to restructure their debt payments. And people, this may sound like not a big deal, or may sound like countries so far away from the West. And you may be even saying, why should we care? And to that, I have a simple answer. Because Sri Lanka is just one of many countries that signed on to do the One Belt and Road Initiative with China. And lots of this is about creating an international economic zone that doesn't rely on Western democratic states. Developing countries everywhere have been tired of Western aid and Western loans for a very long time. And China has created an alternative path. And all of those developing countries are watching China's decision on Sri Lanka. Because if China does help Sri Lanka, it means all the other developing countries will take this as a good sign and lean even more into China's corner for aid, infrastructure, and general economic development. So yeah, this story is a very big deal to everyone around the world because it's a sign of what the future of the international economy could be. So keep your eyes on Sri Lanka and China people. All right, and for this next one, we're going to Afghanistan for the latest updates on what's going down with the Taliban there. And really, this story hits home for a very specific reason. A university professor in the capital city of Afghanistan, which is Kabul, who teaches at Kabul University and is a professor of law and political science, has been arrested by the Taliban for making statements on social media that criticize the Taliban's handling of the country since they've taken over. Authoritarian regimes. They go after government people first. They go after former military people. Then they go after academics. And let me tell you, it's chilling to read about a fellow political scientist and professor being arrested in another country for doing exactly what I'm doing right now. You know, last year I made a top 10 list called something like top 10 authoritarian countries I'd like to visit, but I've thrown way too much shade at their governments. And while I think many people kind of took that as a joke list, and I was a little bit comical in that list in that episode, but that's only because of where I'm currently sitting. Reality is, I made that list in all honesty, 
There are places in this world I would not go that I would love to go, really, really would love to go and see all the sights and mingle with all the people and try all the delicious food. Yes, indeed. But as an academic, that really, really has thrown a metric shit ton of shade at their government. And lo-fi poli-sci can be accessed by anyone and everywhere. Sorry, not taking that chance. There are too many authoritarian countries out there, just like Afghanistan right now, where free thinking and free criticism is completely outlawed. There are lots of countries out there where what we do here at Lo-Fi Poli-Sci is straight up illegal and would get us arrested. You know, just like what is happening in Afghanistan right now. And this is just the latest sign of the Taliban cracking down and controlling all aspects of society in the country. And I'll be looking for updates on this one with great interest to see what exactly happens to this university professor of law and political science. That was intense, huh? I mean, how am I supposed to segue into weather from that? Well, luckily, weather's kind of weird this week in New Orleans. Monday through Thursday, it's 40s at night, and 50s and 60s during the day, mostly sunny with almost no chance of meatballs. Kind of just a regular week. No rain. Friday, it warms up a little bit with temperatures between 70 and 58 degrees. Again, no meatballs. No meatballs this week. Well, what shall we close out the episode with then, huh? So much doom and gloom in the world, no meatballs in New Orleans, where do we go from here? Well, I suppose, why not talk about Turkmenistan? Trying to close the gateway to hell. Oh, and yes, I am completely serious with this, people. If you didn't know, there is a massive burning crater in Turkmenistan called the gateway to hell. And the president tried to rename it a while back, but... A burning crater that never goes out, that's been burning for the better part of 50 years? Oh, you damn right, people are still going to call it the gateway to hell. So the story goes, during Soviet Union era time, they were digging, hit a gas pocket. Gas was releasing crazy amounts, and someone, they thought, hey, let's hurry up and just light that on fire and it'll burn out all the gas quickly. Sure. And that was about 50 years ago. And now the Turkmenistan government says that's not necessarily how it went, and there have been some conflicting reports about how it all started. And truth be told, it was the Cold War in the heart of the Soviet Union, so we may never know exactly what happened. But we do know, this bitch has been burning for a long time, this gateway to hell. But now the president has ordered it to be put out, saying that's a lot of gas and a lot of money being wasted. And we could use that money. Sure. Every country could use more money. I get it. But keep an eye out for this one, people, just in case I miss it. Because I surely want to know if and when Turkmenistan closes the gateway to hell. And that's your Monday morning edition of What's Going On in the World Today. Interested in writing at the show? Follow us on YouTube, Instagram, myself on LinkedIn. Email us. Let your voice be heard. And look out for Saturday's issues of Letters of the Lo-Fi Poli Sci, where we wrote... A letter of hope and love to you. Always remember that Lo-Fi poli is more than just me. It's the we that we be. Peace and well-being to all my human beings out there. Much love and always the best. Pickering, signing off. A little public service announcement I kind of forgot to mention, which I'm sure I'm going to mention later in the week as well. 
But this is our last week of Season 4. That's right. It also means this is our last week of five shows a week. This week, we're going to have five shows, just like all Season 4 and all seasons before it. Next week, I'm taking the week off, because it'll be two weeks right before school starts. And then we start Season 5 in two weeks from today. So this week, five episodes, just like normal. Next week, take the week off. The week after, Season 5 launches. Talk to you later, Lo-Fi listeners.